You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Catniel. Well, los amigos, we got a lot to get into. As your LSU women's basketball team is going to the final four. Poa, she's going to dribble out the clock. Two, one, court sounds. Ball game is over. LSU Tigers are going back to the Final Four. For the first time in 15 years, Kim Mulkey has done the unthinkable. Unbelievable. Wow. Big mob scene out at half court. The celebration is on. The Tiger fans are happy. They're thrilled and in disbelief. Wow. We knew it was going to happen at some point. At some point we knew it would happen, Patrick. We, we, we knew we saw the handwriting on the wall, but to think in year number two. We are back yeah, courtside. We got... In year number two, uh, they do go to the Final Four, so a tremendous... Um, effort by Kim Mulkey and her team. Nine new players. That does help. No doubt about it. We'll speak with Patrick Wright, voice of the LSU women's basketball team. Coming up at 12.15. At 12.30, we'll speak with Ali Kosell. Oh, my goodness, what a weekend. If you are a Pels fan, a member of the Pels, the Pels themselves, I'll explain. Gosh, neither team could. As obviously one of the things that you see is the fact that the Pels have, um, Moved up in the standing since we last talked to you on Friday. Get it to Murphy, right corner three. He's got an even ten. They're falling all over themselves on the bench. Ten for Trey. 32 points. Um, so that will be very interesting tonight when the Pelicans are in Portland taking on the Trailblazers. It is a nine o'clock tip. 9 o'clock tip tomorrow against Golden State as well. Look, let's just get right to what has happened since then. Pelicans winning moved them inside of the 10th spot. And then yesterday, you had a couple of big losses for sure. Dallas losing. The Lakers with LeBooBoo's return. He and the Lakers lost again. So the Pels, as we sit right now, in 8th spot a half game behind Minnesota in seven, a full game behind Golden State in six, and a game and a half away from, or two games and a half from the Clippers in the fifth spot, a team that you're going to play again on Saturday. So right now, as you look at it in the Western Conference, you got the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Suns, one through four. Suns 11 back. Clippers in fifth, 11 and a half back of first place. Golden State in sixth, 12 games back. Minnesota 12 and a half in seventh. Pelicans 13 and eight. In the ninth spot, the Lakers 13 and a half. The Thunder 13 and a half. The Mavericks now 14 and a half. And the Jazz are 15. So the Pels got two games on the Jazz. And you have five games on Portland. They're, they're done. Um, technically, I mean, they're, what, five games out of the 10th spot, but we'll see tonight if Damian Lillard plays. We'll see tonight if a lot of their good players play or not, or they're going full tank mode with them out of it essentially now. But look, there's a lot to get into when it comes to the Pelicans and what we saw not only on Saturday night, but what we've seen over the weekend. Luka Dantich from Dallas Mavericks. They lost twice to the Charlotte Hornets, allowing the Pels to move up ahead of them. And Dallas out of the playoff picture right now. Again, you have several games to go, but Luke over the weekend saying he's unhappy, he's not happy, he doesn't smile anymore on the courts, all of that. It's remarkable when you think about it. Um, maybe that trade didn't go down the way they thought it was going to. 
But, again, that's a them problem. But they're trying to figure it out. But they lost two games to the Hornets, who had no business them losing to. Pels beat them, if you remember, on this brief little two-game homestand. So, look, Saturday was key for the Pelicans. You absolutely had to get that win. Had to get that win to start off the road trip because I think, again, it looks like Portland's calling it a season. And if they don't play Damian Lillard, that's another one of those games that you have the opportunity of victory, right? The old Les Miles, you know, saying whatever. So that's a chance for them to be able to go get that win if that happens. So if they can get that done, I, I think it's a tremendous thing to be able to do because that's a two and two West Coast swing minimum if you win tonight. Can you steal Golden State or Denver? That would make it three and one. I think you can win Saturday. Pels just match up well against the Clippers. Look, the Clippers were even in that game for a bit because of Eric cheap shot elbow artist Gordon, who was perfect in the first half. He didn't miss a shot or a free throw. Hadn't done anything all year, as the graph would say. And, and yet he was in- incredible. But that said, if you could do that and get that, I, I see, you get two, maybe three more wins this week. I think you're in the postseason. I, I, I'm not, look, I, I still think it's going to come down at the end. It's going to come down to the final game. I think against Minnesota in terms of standings or placement. But what you would like, because remember, you have three games in four days to end the season. You may or may not get Zion. I'm still hopeful. I think you see him um, before they that that road trip, that home stand ends here. And that homestand is Clippers Saturday, Kings next Tuesday, Memphis Wednesday. It's a back-to-back. You have the Knicks on Friday, April 7th. And then on Easter Sunday, you have at Minnesota. But again, you have you know three games in four days, five, the fifth through the ninth right there. And, and that's coming off of a back-to-back. So if you add that, you, you have a lot of basketball to be played in a short amount of time. That's why, to me, it's so crucial if you can get another win here on the road, maybe even two more. The Sacramento, Memphis, Clippers, that, that homestand, they're all going to be going for either standings or even to be in the play-in. Remember, no Paul George for the Clippers. Let's see where they are by the time you meet them again in a week. But that's a big win by the Pels to go over there and get that job done as, again, to me, they showed a ton. And look, obviously you just heard me play that that clip with Trey Murphy knocking down 10 threes. The team, 21 three-pointers overall. But they look good from the get-go. Brandon Ingram, again, another 30-plus point effort. And Coach Green had this to say afterwards. Absolutely. It was a wire-to-wire, high-level game plan discipline. Uh, our execution was, was off the charts. And then, you know, it, it was triggered by our defense, but I love the fact that we had 36 assists. Awesome. And, again, when you look at what um, Brandon Ingram was able to do with 32, Trey Murphy with 32, but, can that team just look locked in from the get-go. We, we've we been worried about the effort, the energy, and if we were going to see kind of similar play that we'd seen the previous couple of games in the three-game winning streak. But remember, we we knew, look, it was against different competition. This was going to be better, better competition. But it started out the same way. You, you saw them going and feeding Jonas. You saw the threes going down and they were feeding everybody. But Brandon Ingram continuing to play quote-unquote point guard and really distributing it. And he's like, I'm cool with it. Bro, I, I played that role my whole life. Um, coming from high school, being a point guard in high school. Um, college, um, of course, I didn't. I didn't have a chance to or it didn't pass the ball that much, but um, I'm able to show my show my skills um, on this team because we have really good guys that can do a lot of things on the floor. With CJ being able to shoot and drive, Larry being able to finish, JV being able to finish, Najee being able to finish. I can go down the um, the list, but um, they make it easy for me. I just drop off the pass and they do the rest. The other thing too, when you listen to Trey Murphy afterwards. He touches, obviously, on what his night was like. But, again, it just feels like this team is starting to click on all cylinders. I don't even really think it's pressure. I mean, 
right now we just got to play and just be free out there. I feel like we play with a lot of confidence and we move the ball. We just, you know, we're just imposing our will and it started on defensive end, you know, start off to an 8-0 run and just built on that. And you, again, so I mentioned at the start, I mean, they go up, up 8-0, you see Tyron Lou knock out, you know, a timeout and it just kind of grows from there. And, Man, it, it was it was something to see. And the key to the offense so far in the last couple of games, B.I. says? Keep the ball moving. Keep the ball moving, trying to find the best shot on the floor. Every time down, we, we didn't have a big turnover game tonight. We took care of the basketball. And uh, we got some stops on the defensive end, and we ran in transition. I think the pace was good for us. That's something that the coaches talk about a lot before games, just having the pace, um, be it um, really, really high um, at all times. And, we we did that tonight. One of the other things that coach was mentioning after the win too is you can see how right now Brandon Ingram looks fresh, looks locked in, has got it all going right now. It's incredible to watch. Um, it speaks to his ability, the way he sees the game. We can put the ball in his hands and essentially he becomes the point guard and he makes the right reads over and over again. He knows that getting the ball to his teammates frees him up even more because now guys can't glue in on him. Uh, it's exciting to see. You know, and again, I've been saying this too, that if there is a positive from two months of not playing for Brandon Ingram, pretty much three months now with Zion, you would think they'd be fresh. Now, you're you're seeing it's taken almost a month, right, since Brandon Ingram's been back for him to kind of look like himself and be like himself. Which is why I think Zion coming back, playing in the playoffs, if this team gets in there, it's all positive. I just don't know what the expectation level is going to be. It's going to take them a bit to get into basketball playing shape after not playing three months, right? And it's not even just the shape, because I know that's a lot of the focus with him and his body and stuff. LeBron yesterday talked about it after the game, that he was missing, you know, mishandling balls, couldn't get the rhythm on the shot. I mean, it's, it's going to take a bit. The good thing about it is I think the way the offense is flowing and the way it goes, I've said this before, when it comes to Zion coming back in and getting acclimated, he's not a player that needs the ball in his hands. He can play off of the rest of the offense. A lot of his points up until this year when we started seeing him kind of attack and get that that wind and that shape and those legs in when he was point Zion, he can play off the glass. He can play in the paint. You can just feed him and he can kiss it off the glass. A lot of it is the layups until he gets the lifted and he starts to dunk and stuff like that. So I think even if it's a minutes restriction, which I would think so at the very beginning, um, it's going to be, it's going to be fine. Like I, I'm, it's interesting just to kind of see what's going to happen. But right now, this team kind of figured it out. It took a bit, and like I said the last couple of weeks, we've all been sitting there going, duh, like we didn't know what it is that you needed. Feed the big man, have CJ off the ball, but even Willie Green says, and you can see it too, we were looking at it you know, from uh, Mid-City Yacht Club on Saturday, we were watching the game, we were like, this team just looks like themselves again. The laughing, the camaraderie, they just look joyful on the court now granted winning does a lot of that but it it just feels that way when you're watching it and coach was asked about it it's happy it's a happy vibe uh it is it, joy it's one of our um standards with our team is that we want to play with joy and we want to keep it going um we're going to enjoy it tonight have a team dinner and uh Tomorrow we'll, we'll get back after it. B.I. was asked if he thinks the team's finally coming out of that funk. Keeping the focus. I think we've we've came together and we've um, spoke a little bit about the things that we needed to do on the floor. Um, we've talked to coaches. We've talked to um, everybody um, within the team. And um, we're just trying to find the right way to play basketball in the most comfortable and confident way that we play basketball. And we're just following the, the the um, schemes that the coaches give us um, to the best of our ability, and we, as long as we go out there and do it hard, they've they've been giving us some really really good stuff. So we've just been following. What are the other things, Bi, had to say that I want to get to here for you guys? 
message to fans, said it towards the end of his uh, availability after the game on Saturday. And this is for, you know, <clears throat> those that probably need ankle braces that keep jumping off this team's bandwagon or absolutely do not think this team's going to make the postseason. They're just teasing us before they don't make it. <laughs> Look, um, you, you take a four-game win streak right now. It's a lot different and better than a four-game losing streak, right? And as I said, we're going to get into it with Ali Cosell. What are we seeing definitively? And we had Jake Madison on in the pregame on Saturday. He said it too. There are things you can point to. Here's B.I.'s message as we go to break. Short. You're coming. Um, you got something to be excited for. Um, we're going to give it all we got. And um, we plan to get some more wins on this road before we come back home. There it is. Patrick Wright, voice of the LSU Lady Tigers. They are final four bound. We'll speak to the man that had that call. You heard it at the start of the show. Wow. I mean, there's quick turnarounds, and that's what, what Kim Mulkey is doing over at LSU. We'll talk about that next on ESPN New Orleans. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers, 985-446-3333. That's 985-446-3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trowlers. We don't want you on our team. You're too slow and fat. This is weight bias. I'm worried about your weight. Don't you care what other people think? Millions who live and are affected by obesity face weight bias every day. You're not the right fit for this job. Unfair judgment by others. Just stop eating so much and exercise some. You lose all this weight. These people often blame themselves. It's just me. Nobody likes me. I do exercise and eat right. And I talk to my doctor. Weight bias hurts. Everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Your words and actions matter. Let's stop weight bias. Let's work together. Be part of the solution. Go to StopWeightBias.com and learn more. A public service message from Obesity Action Coalition. Animal shelters everywhere are struggling. Many are seeing pets adopted during the pandemic being returned due to staggering inflation. Lafouche Parish is no different. Launch LaVille nonprofit has come up with a way to help. With the first ever Bullets and Balloon Fest, starting with the Balloon Glow on Friday, March 31st, from 5 until 10 p.m. And Saturday, April 1st, 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Enjoy great food, music, and local crafts at Oak Ridge Park in Golden Meadow. Visit LouisianaTravel.com to plan your trip today. excited about a show where we just talk talk sports that's how they talk in the major league now back to the sports hangover with gus kattengal morris dribbles backcourt half court gets it to pool pool is in trouble we'll get it back to morris on the sideline morris dribbles through traffic she's to the bucket the morris layup is good it's good it's good and morris i think has put the dagger in the hurricanes 15 point lead. We're near a minute and a half, a minute five to go in the game. Indeed, it was the dagger, the man calling that and experiencing it all in person, Mr. Patrick Wright. Longtime voice of the LSU women's basketball program, amongst others. Uh, Patrick, man, how you doing? Good afternoon and congratulations to you. Well, I'm, I think I've got my own version of a sports hangover. We didn't get home till about 4.30 this morning. So it's been, uh, been a little bit, and that, about the time we boarded the plane to come home, there was some rough weather that went through the area, so we had to kind of sit for about two, two and a half hours before we could take off. But, mm. uh, but the flight home was a little shorter because of the wind, for sure. No doubt. 54-42, the final. You know, before that, it was a three-point win against Utah to get to this point. Look, obviously, it's the story, and Kim talked about it in the postgame here as well, how quick this turnaround was. And she, for most of the time throughout the season, has said, look, we're not there yet. We're getting there. It was after the South Carolina game, so like there's steps to be taken. But even yesterday, she was like, "Yeah, look, we're here. Why not?" At this point, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, she has spent, uh, yeah, as you're right, all year at every turn, telling people, "Hey, look, I need, I need a little bit of time. Be patient. Be patient." 
you know, the, the, um, the kind of the phrase she kept using was, she said, I think I'm feeding the monster a little bit too fast, you know, and the monster being the fans and their expectations. And I was able to grab her for a couple minutes on the post game last night. I said, Coach, you, the monster you have fed is huge and how with what you've accomplished. She said, yeah, yeah, I kind of agree it has, but, um, I still can't wrap my head around how you can come in, absolutely turn a roster over, literally turn the roster over with all new players within a year, and then somehow figure out how to lead that group to the height at which they have reached right now. It's, yeah. it's just something that, that shouldn't that shouldn't be possible. Even you know with transfer portal and all that stuff, this is a group of kids that you know last summer. When they came to you know to, to campus for the summer to work out and go to school and whatever, they, they didn't know each other for the most part, and now they've bonded together into this inseparable family who plays basketball at an extremely high level. It's just something the likes of it's just so improbable. I, I like I said, I can't wrap my head around it. Still, <laughs> I hear you. Speak with Patrick Wright, voice of the Lady Tigers at Voice Lady Tigers. The way to give a follow over on Twitter. You know, I saw you last year. It was my last year doing Tulane women's basketball before moving on to the Pels here. And I'd seen, obviously, her first year in that team and the year before that. I'm with you. It's remarkable, but that's what the transfer portal can sort of do. You still have to handle the players and personalities. And, you know, two in particular that stand out when you think of this year's team is obviously, you know, Angel Reese and Alexis Morris and what they've been able to do. I'll ask you for perspective since she's been calling, you know, Lady Tiger games since 1990. But she said that yesterday about managing personalities, and I loved her response in that, hey, they just need tough love. I, I think fans can get behind that kind of coaching, but players got to be one, they got to want to be coached that way, right? Well, yeah, and, and, you know, not only, uh, do players want to be coached that way, Angel Reese said she needed it, Alexis Morris was kicked off of Baylor's team by Coach Mulkey four years ago and wanted to come back to it after she grew up and matured a little bit. But you're right, all the strong personalities on those team, on this team, there's no guarantee they were all going to get along together. You've got Angel Reese, Flaugé Johnson, Alexis Morris, three of the, the most headstrong kids you'll want to meet. They've got the big social media presence. Flaugé you know, is the rap star on top of basketball player. There was no guarantee that all of those three strong personalities were going to mesh together, um, and they did. Uh, and they, they're like I said, they are inseparable. They're all best friends. And uh, even last night, I saw a couple of occasions they get on each other's case pretty good on the court. If somebody messes something up, yeah. the other one's going to hold them accountable. But then they 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 do right, and then it's in the past. It's they're, they're, there's no grudges held. It's like they they get each other in the right spot and. And yeah, and, and you know, and, and Kim Mulkey's not for every kid. Uh, you've got to want her style of coaching, and I would even say it, it is a, to a point a little bit old school if you want. But but at the end of the day, they all love each other. They all play for each other for one common cause, and they've got a maybe one of the best to ever do it is the one who's pulling all the strings. Yeah. It's crazy. So, as I mentioned, 1990, sirs, when you first started calling those games, there have been a lot of good players that have come through the program. Um, what Reese and Morris are kind of doing is pretty, pretty interesting, right? Because you've had like a player before maybe be a, a big and kind of lead the way, or maybe a shooter, a scorer, and a guard. But this inside-outside play that LSU has, and just watching the game yesterday, if they're on and they're clicking, that's a tough team to beat aside from their defense, huh? Well, yeah, and the, the funny thing is LSU has not played a good offensive game yet in this tournament. Right. Uh, I, I don't, you know, a lot of people who watched LSU for the first time last night is going to wonder how in the world they, is this the same group that was scoring 100 points early in the season? And, and the fact of the matter is, it's, you know, it gets a little harder to put the ball in the bucket at this time of the year. Um, but I will say this, something to put what Angel Reese has done in perspective, she needs, I think, if she scores 10 or 12 points in the final four game coming up, she will have scored more points in a season than Simone or Sylvia Fowles ever did in their four years. Uh, that's how good of a year she's had, and she is going to probably break the SEC record for rebounds in a season and will break the LSU record for rebounds yeah. in a season. So a lot of things that Sylvia and Simone both did with completely different types of games, Reese is going to beat all of those numbers this season. 
Yeah, 32nd double-double of the season. It's already an SEC single-season record. So when you look at now the bracket moving forward, look, I I guess if you're an LSU fan, South Carolina, you would have to win your Final Four game. They have to win tonight to get to the Final Four and then win that game. You wouldn't face them until the final. You can watch tonight and see who LSU is going to take on. It's Virginia Tech and Ohio State. Can you tell us about those two teams? Did you have a chance to to know anything about these two? One's a one seed, Ohio State the three seed. Yeah, the odd, the odd thing about it was going into the games uh, Saturday, I really thought Tennessee and UConn were going to win the games, and I w- was 0 for 2 on those counts. You know, UConn <laughs> has, is, it has gotten their act together, it looked like. Ohio State is a team that will pressure, pressure, pressure. Uh, they like to force turnovers. It's kind of what they do. Virginia Tech, honestly, I've not really seen them play very much, mm-hmm. but they've just kind of grinded through. they got a number one seed. They've gotten really good defensively. Um, they don't necessarily have players that stand out or jump out like an Angel Reese, but they've been very good, like top to bottom on their roster. But, um, but yeah, I was expecting you, uh, Tennessee and UConn to, to, to be that game. And now, uh, Virginia Tech, Ohio State, uh, Ohio State started off great. Then they had a little lull in the middle. They got some injuries. Now they have really turned it on and are just wiping people out. So, uh, at this point, though, I think LSU is ready to take on all comers. If they can defend as well as they have these last four games, right. they can be on the floor with, with anybody. If you're a Hoops fan and much less a women's basketball fan, the potential of the Final Four between Iowa and South Carolina, South Carolina is sick. I mean, Caitlin Clark had 41 points yesterday. She had a, she had a 40-point triple-double, 41, 10, and 12. Is she as good as you've seen as well? I, it, it's amazing what, what she can do uh, between scoring and passing. Uh, I've gotten to watch a full of their couple of their tournament games this year, and she literally does things that I've never seen players do. Some of the passes that she makes are just yeah. just unreal, and I I really would love to see that matchup because South Carolina they haven't been scoring a ton of points either, but they are absolutely stout on defense. And mm-hmm. what can they do? to slow down Caitlin Clark, or can she lead the big upset over South Carolina? That's a matchup I really, really want to see in that Final Four game. Also, I did find out a little while ago uh, that LSU's game will be the 6 o'clock game on Friday. I don't know if you've heard or announced that yet, but I got word of that about 45 minutes ago. So we'll play at 6, and then whatever the other at 8.30. Nice. There you go. So it'll be the first game. LSU will take on either um, Virginia Tech, Ohio State. That game's at 8 o'clock tonight on ESPN. So Tiger fans, go tune in. You'll see who the Tigers will take on. And then the early game is uh, that doozy. South Carolina and Maryland, 6 o'clock over on ESPN. Patrick, thanks for joining us, man, especially now that I know that you're, um, your, your eyes are a little heavy, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's going to be the, one of my uh, all-time best naps coming up this afternoon. I, it's going to go in the nap hall of fame, I can promise you that. I love that. Since 1990, he's been the voice of the LSU Lady Tigers, at Voice Lady Tigers, the way to follow on Twitter. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate it, man. All right, Gus. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. A quick break where you come back. We'll talk to Ali Cosell about the Pelicans' big win over the weekend on Saturday. So, look, you got a lot to get into, a lot of stuff to talk about. The owners' meeting is going on over in the NFL as well. Sean Payton was first this morning. It was funny. I don't know if you saw the video or the picture. They had him and his table, and it's surrounded by cameras and reporters. They pan to the right. The Super Bowl-winning head coach, Andy Reid, had no one there. <laughs> just gives you an idea of what Sean is uh, to the Broncos right now as he was holding court. I believe NFC coaches will speak tomorrow or even later today. Honestly, have to go back and look. But uh, Dennis Allen will be available just like all the coaches are during the owners' meetings right now. We come back to Ali Cosell. What is he seeing over the last couple of games, four in particular for the Pelicans, that they've won, that should give some of those... Ah, that are maybe quick to jump off the wagon, get back on the wagon, jump off the wagon, get back on the wagon, hope that the Pels will be in the postseason. We'll do that next. We come back on ESPN New Orleans.
The Low Post Podcast with Zach Lowe. Tatum, I think at worst, he's third in MVP right now. He's playing defense at a borderline all-defense level. He's too young for these conversations to really start in earnest. If he's a Celtic for life or most of his career, he has a chance to be historically for the one of the two historic giants in the league. As great as any player who's ever worn that uniform, including Bird. Check out the Low Post Podcast on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Other banks charge fees on savings and checking accounts. Doesn't sound good, does it? Capital One reimagined banking. So it sounds more like this. With Capital One, you can open an account with no fees or minimums in five minutes. Get started now at a Capital One location or online. Sound good to you? This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? For consumers only. Approval required. Offered by Capital One and a member FDIC. Copyright 2018 Capital One. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. When your girls were little, what type of fruit did you give them? Did you give them certain fruits? I tried to give them all types of different kinds of flavors and spices and everything. And as soon as they could, it got older, right? Like, because my oldest is 14, my youngest is 7. Everything is beige that they eat. Red, pasta, they don't want sauce on it. They don't want, oh, it's too spicy. A little, but, spicy little butter or olive oil, oh. they call it a day. Yeah, the reason I asked, because I was going to say, is it a crime if you take your kid's frozen fruit and bring it to work to eat? Is that a crime? Because no, I, I just had it? some frozen grapes. Yeah, so good, right? <laughs> I'm like, I forgot how good these are. Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. OCU Minura with us. What's going on, OC? I love frozen grapes myself, man. Those are like, they're like candy, right? You stick them in the freezer, you bring them out there. Man. Incredible, incredible. GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Oh, big talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. It's all of the above. It's all the things that we continue to talk about. We watch on film. We get on the floor. We work on it. And it's a credit to the character in the locker room. The guys are buying into just trusting each other. And as head coach Willie Green on the team looking like it's bought in at this part of the season on what they're trying to do now to win basketball games. Four straight for the Pels as they uh, led wire to wire against the Clippers to start the four-game West Coast trip. Mr. Ali Kosell at O-L-E-H-K-O-S-E-L. The way to give a follow for the editor-in-chief of The Bird Rights. Good afternoon, Ali. How are you? I'm doing well, Gus. A lot better than we were, what, say, a little over a week ago when we thought the Pelican season was about over. <laughs> yeah. So let's start there because, look, um, if if you're a Pels fan right now, is this sustainable? Should I, should I think this team can do it or not? What What's changed in your mind in four games? There's been several things. First of all, they're starting well, right? The starting lineup is playing well, which was an issue for weeks. Right, where no matter whether it was Trey Murphy starting, Josh Richardson, they just couldn't get off to good starts and coming on third quarters, but now they're playing better. Now the team is also going to Jonas Valanciunas, right? That's something that they should have always done when Zion Williamson hit the shelf, but for whatever reason, they went away from him when he's, as you know, his biggest strength is putting the ball through the hoop, and usually he can take care of whoever he's guarding, right? Um, he's one of the bigger remaining traditional centers in the league. But they've gone back to him now over the last couple of weeks. And, of course, I think you've got to look at the way Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum are playing. Now C.J. is that secondary playmaker uh, slash scorer that is by far and away his best role on any team. And he's able to do that because Brandon Ingram now looks like the guy we saw you know, finish last season, the one that was in the playoffs against the Suns. And we saw briefly right at the start of the year before all the injuries hit. So when Brandon Ingram is playing – like one of the top 20 players when he can score the ball at will, make a play, right? I mean, double-digit assists in the last two games. When he's doing that, when he's leading your team, the Pelicans are a much vastly different team, right? Suddenly now Mm -hmm. Trey doesn't have somebody hawking him because they're paying more attention to Brandon Ingram. Now he's able to get more shots off. Like I said, it's easier for CJ. And when you're involving Jonas, suddenly the Pelicans are a big threat offensively. So when the offense is that good and you know the defense has been better than average all season, hey, Suddenly, this team can possibly go places again. You mentioned about the start. Brandon Ingram, I think, in one of the the final 
home games here, or is the first one in the in the brief two game homestand? He said it at at shoot around, Ollie, and then he goes out and and you know has one that thirty thirty two point game, and, and you saw the start that this team is. So it's definitely something that's important or they've been focusing on. But I think a lot of it's to the point that you're saying too. You're attacking the basket, and I know you look at that box score and see 21 threes. But, Ali, a lot of those threes came off of driving kicks, huh? Exactly. That's the best three in basketball is where you collapse the defense and suddenly you throw it to a teammate that's staying wide open, ready to shoot, has the open space, right? So it's in rhythm. And and the Pelicans didn't really have that after Zion got hurt for a while, right? That's why I feel like their three-point shooting was amongst, what was it, for a couple months, mm-hmm. in the bottom five of the league just because they weren't creating those good looks. Now they are again, and like I said, Brandon, when he's on his game, there's few that can score and pass the ball as well as he can. I mean, it goes to show you how important his playmaking is, for instance, for the Pelicans. There ain't no, since he's come to New Orleans, whenever he's registered 10 or more assists. Hmm. right? So it goes to show you the importance of having him, because we all know they haven't had a good traditional point guard for years, really since Chris Paul left, in my opinion. And, you, you still need that. You still need a guy that can set up your other guy's shots. And, for instance, Trey, he, he really relies on it. He's got a little bit of dribble and drive in his game now. Good in transition. But, overall, he relies on somebody else to break down a defense so he gets those open shots, right? So, Jonas can go one-on-one because he's got an advantage. A lot of other players on the Pelicans are the same way. So, one of the other things that you're seeing, too, as well, and, and, and something that helped this team towards the end of last season, carried them into the postseason defense, right? Defensive play. And, look, Herb Jones has been doing a phenomenal job. And, obviously, you saw the team do really well against Kawhi. I mean, it, it made a lot of his shots tough. And then Eric Gordon had to go cheap shot and elbow Herb Jones in the eye. Uh, <laughs> you saw that. By the way, the guy didn't miss in the first half. He was absolutely perfect. So if you don't think it's personal between those two. but he, So he gets popped in the eye. We all saw the report that, you know, it's, we don't know if he's coming back. Uh, he has a contusion. He has a big old bruise on his eye. And then Coach Green said this after the game about Herb returning to start the second half. Herb is a leader. Um, I'll continue to say it. It's a blessing to have him. He shows up every day. First one there, last one to leave. He's defending the best players night in and night out. He gets elbowed in the eye. Could have easily decided that he was done. He looks at me with one eye and says, Coach, I'm playing. And so, you know, it, it's it's great to have, you know, that type of character in our locker room. I like that, Ali. Would you play with one eye? Would you, would you still cover the game if you only had one eye? I would try. I like to think I would try. <laughs> right? But face a lot of NBA players, they don't. And I mm-hmm. love that quote. I included it even in my recap because I love this so much. Fans have gotten too much on Herb Jones this year, right, because of the shooting. But if you realize he's the one guy that you can trust to guard whoever it is one-on-one and do a pretty darn good job. Mm-hmm. In addition, give you all those second efforts, right? Over the last four or five games, you really notice to where he's either you know keeping a possession alive by grabbing offensive rebound, tipping a ball away that uh, on a play that possibly probably would be easy two, three points for the opponent, right, whether it's a steal or a block or not. He's always, like I said, doing all those extra things that if you, t- if you remove him from the equation, well, suddenly you're not going to be really getting it from anywhere else, right? Dyson was playing well defensively and offensively at the start of the year, but he's really faded. You know, I think he's going through some confidence issues, a lot like Trey did last season. So really, it's just Herb for me right now. I mean, Josh, somebody else can step in, give you a couple good minutes defensively, but no, not for a full game. That's why I think Herb Jones is such a perfect fit for this uh, starting lineup. I think the other thing, too, man, is... It just, they, they look different, right? And they feel different. I played it in, in, in the segment before about you could tell they just look happier. And obviously winning does that, right? But I mean, you go into the shoot arounds and you're seeing it too. There, there was a funk uh, around this team, right? I mean, it just, whether it's the energy, um, you heard coach say it was easy for them to lose their spirit. They'd be moping. They'd have their heads down. Maybe that, that stretch and we kind of thought it could be. The Rockets, the Spurs, the the Hornets could give the confidence needed for this push because that may, maybe that's kind of what it looked like on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I've been told by numerous people that played the game or just watched it. No matter who you are, when you go through a losing streak, you're by nature going to get down at least somewhat. And when it's a ten game losing streak after having all that success, 
I think that's a bigger gut punch than, say, starting a season negatively like this Pels team did last year. So they had to overcome that, you know, you know, whatever whatever you want to call it. They were just in, in the muck, right? And that's what will get you out is mm-hmm. by winning. And suddenly you're having fun again because you're winning. But also, you're, like I said earlier, you're getting everybody involved. I think Jonas getting touches again has really helped him uh, defensively, right? In, in a couple of games against the Houston Rockets, what do you have, six blocks? He suddenly seems to be just moving better, right? Really getting rebounds again. For previous three weeks, though, before all this winning started happening, he looked like his legs were in concrete, right? So everybody notices when the team isn't doing well because they're not hustling, and, of course, they're losing. But suddenly, when you just win a few games, you see just the difference in energy, the, the, yeah, the ease of scoring, just everything in general. That is something that they needed to do, right? And thank goodness they came upon a part of the schedule that you hope they would do it, but it looks like they did. Because suddenly, look what they did against the Clippers, right? On the road. They've been right. terrible on the road, guys, but they won. They actually blew them out. It wasn't that close of a game at all from start to finish. So suddenly, you're feeling a lot better about the remaining eight games. So, you got the Trailblazers tonight. Um, look, they kind of dropped those hints. I saw the reports over the weekend. They could be ready to shut down Dame. He's not happy. He said it last week towards the end of the week. He's not there to rebuild, but I don't know if he's going to play or not. But if he doesn't play, this is one of those games, man. If you can at least go 2-2 two and two on this trip, this is one you have to have, right? Obviously, you want to keep winning all of them, and I'd love to sneak another one. Golden State on a back-to-back is going to be tough tomorrow. They already don't lose over there. I mean, Embiid dropped 46 recently, and they lost at Golden State. So um, maybe you can sneak Denver before you come home. But t- tonight, to make five in a row, get another game on some teams or a half a game even, I just think you this is a take-care-of-your-business game. Yeah, when the road trip began, I was like, two and two should be the goal. And you felt good about if this team shows up and plays the way they've been playing, that they can get the win in Portland. Because as you mentioned, they've fallen off a cliff. They're done trying. They should actually just pursue best possible draft position at this stage. Because, first of all, they could lose their lottery pick. Um, it, I, I feel like if it doesn't fall in the lottery, it would go to another team. So they have to finish the season kind of in a poor, poor uh, fashion. And then, of course, yeah, when you looked at the rest of this road schedule, the Clippers was the one I circled that was the most potential for a win. Golden State, you mentioned it, second night of back-to-back in at Golden State. They're so tough to beat there. Didn't feel like that you could possibly get a win there. And, of course, Denver, I mean, number one team in the West, even though they haven't been playing all that well last three weeks. So, yeah, they did what they need to against now Los Angeles. So you've got to finish, make sure you at least finish 2-2 two and two on the road trip by getting that win. That should be very doable tonight in Portland. All right, let's see what happens, Mr. Ali Cosell. As always, uh, we appreciate the time, but I, before I let you go, it's something else we're doing, right? Not just with the Pels, but you're paying attention elsewhere around the league. What do you make of the Luka Doncic thing over the weekend where he said he's not happy? Kyrie yesterday after the law saying, you know, kind of making it seem like, hey, we're, don't blame me kind of thing, because everybody immediately said this is what happened there. But, it's a big thing for him to say that he's not having fun, and they lost twice in back-to-back games to the Hornets. Ooh, big red flags. Mark Cuban's got to be sweating. He's one of the best players in the league, and I know that he's, in in the past, right, proclaimed his love for Dallas, but he doesn't want to be in a situation where one of the top five players in the league starts missing playoffs. And he sees the writing on the wall, right? This team has progressively gotten worse, I feel like, since he landed there. They took a misstep by trading for Porzingis. Mm-hmm. Now for Kyrie Irving. Now suddenly he's surrounded by really nobody else. Like his friends, Dorian Finney-Smith, I know he was close to him. He's now in Brooklyn. Suddenly they can't stop anybody defensively. So that's why Dallas, even though there's been games where he and Kyrie have really gone off, guess what? The other team can score more points, right? Whether it's 130, 135, because they can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. So it's a really big deal. I mean, Dallas right now, you've got to thank us. I mean, they're on the outside looking in on the playing tournament. You don't like their chances. They've lost four in a row, and if they don't make the playoffs, at least the playing tournament this year, boy, Luka Doncic could very easily ask out of Dallas. Yeah, it doesn't seem like like it makes sense there, right? Uh, uh, then last night, you see LeBron come back. I have no idea if it's the um, Mario Chalmers, no one's afraid of LeBron, Austin Reeve talk that happened last week that got him going because he wasn't supposed to come back until the end of the season. But he comes back last night. Lakers still lose. Um, what do you make of that? That's shocking. 
It really is, because the Lakers have been playing well without LeBron, and it seemed like everybody was in a good space, even though D'Angelo Russell's missed some games. There's been other players who missed some games, but the Lakers have always brought that energy. So for LeBron to come back and for them to lose to the, a Bulls team that's really just been mediocre mm-hmm. all season, it's welcome for New Orleans fans, but I'll tell you what, it was unexpected for uh, Los Angeles. And so I don't know. I don't know what it means because suddenly you know LeBron's going to be moving back in the starting lineup. So does that mean Austin Rivers is, or Austin Reeves isn't going to get his touches anymore? <laughs> right. um, is, is it, are you going to have to fall in line and suddenly they're not going to be playing as well because they're not playing as free or to their strengths because mm-hmm. the main guy's got to get his touches? Who's not at 100%? I'm not sure, but I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And by the way, I don't know if you saw it. Um, General D just sent me the text here as well. But uh, Luka Doncic also in that game, in the loss, where he said he was frustrated and unhappy, he uh, picked up a 16th tee. Um, well, they rescinded, rescinded. it. Yeah, so... <laughs> There you go. I'm going to send you something else too that um, that shows the last couple of games free throw attempts. Did you see this uh, about the Lakers and, and what oh, yeah. they were able I to do? About it this morning, I couldn't believe it, Gus. I mean, yeah. they've always gotten the benefit of the doubt, right? But yeah. since right since the NBA referees pointed out their sorrow for LeBron James, yes, out to get them. Ridiculous discrepancy in free throw <laughs> attempts. It's ridiculous. So again, this is you can go check it out at. Dr. Guru underscore, he tweeted this, updated chart of the 15 teams with the highest free throw differential this season. And the Lakers, 411. By the way, all the way on the right of that chart, the Pelicans, the worst of these 15 with with 45. Ali, they didn't shoot a free throw in the first half. On Saturday. They didn't shoot a single free throw, had all those points in the paint. In the game, they wound up with um, 54 points in the paint. But, like, they were just crushing it, and they didn't shoot a free throw in the first half. That shouldn't happen. I don't care how uh, little effort defensively that the opponent gives. That should never happen because, like you said, Look how many uh, points they scored inside the paint where you know there's contact. They're not getting freebies to the rim, right? <laughs> Nothing, not everything's out in fast break and transition. So I'm with you. But that Lakers thing, i got to say one thing, Gus, because I looked it up. Before that gut-wrenching tweet by yes. the NBA referees, Gut the Lakers wrenching. were averaging three more free throws a game than their opponents. Three. Since that time, over ten. So, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. Well, well, they said they said it, it keeps them sleepless at night. So it was not only gut wrenching, but sleepless at night. Uh, apparently, the referees had no trouble sleeping Saturday by not giving the Pelicans a single free throw attempt in the first half in a game they were dominating. It's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, this is why, Gus. I hope the Pelicans, even though it'd be fun to beat the Lakers, stay in a playing tournament. I hope oh. we don't face them because they're oh. going to have that natural built in. Oh. I told that to Graf as we uh, we wrap up here with you, sir. I I told Todd I the fans may love it, the NBA would love it, but I'm preparing everybody. Herb Jones, flagrant two, might get tossed if Zion plays. He's getting easily three fouls in the first half. Bi is going to get a tech. I mean, it, the, the team will be in foul trouble in the first quarter. You know that. There is no way the the, the league's not going to let them get into the postseason, much less win that. Uh, we'll yeah, see what happens. Thing you forgot to mention Josh Richardson. He's going to get tossed in the first. Oh, you know he's going to question everything. Everything is no doubt about it. Uh, at Ali Cosell's the way to give a follow to the editor in chief of the Bird Rights. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate the time, buddy. Absolutely. Talk to you for sure. Quick break. 800-998-1003 is the way to give us a phone call if you'd like to. Buddy, we'll take your phone. Calls over at the LaRose Studios. Tiger fans want to hear from you. LSU headed to the Final Four. And the Pels getting that win. Are you believing? Are you believing right now? Let's talk about it. Sport Tangover in New Orleans. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. 
Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview on West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you back to balance. Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. Will they find a home? Sponsored by Geico. Sarah wants a yard. My own little paradise. Brad, however, hates yard work. The only thing I hate more than cutting the grass is paying someone to cut the grass. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Sarah and Brad found a great home with a yard. A very, very small yard. Time to get it done. And I'm done. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003 in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. One of the things that uh, is big news this morning is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has uh, come out and said this morning that he wants to be traded from the Baltimore Ravens. So the exact tweet from Lamar is a letter to my fans. I want to first thank all of you for the love and support you consistently showed towards me. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate y'all so much. I want y'all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions. He says, in regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. And any and everyone that has met me or been around me knows I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You're all great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family. And no matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of the Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. And he also sets up a fan page, Fan Trust 8, uh, for people to follow him and what he wants to do here. So obviously... There's a lot of people talking today about what this means. Also, what's interesting is the timing of the tweet. It came just as John Harbaugh, again, the AFC coaches are speaking at the owners' meetings in the morning, and it was the AFC coaches, and John Harbaugh, head coach of the Ravens, was up first, and that's when the tweet happened. This is Fitz and Douglas from a little bit ago. I think this makes sense because if you are Lamar and you've sat back and you're like, you know what, I tried... For a few weeks, I tried to make sure that, you know, we could do this the right way, but y'all aren't taking any calls. Y'all aren't helping anybody. Everybody knows what you want. Guess what? I'll just tell the world I'm not coming back with you. So now all of a sudden it's like, okay, you can want two first-round picks all day, but if they're not going to give you first two-round picks, you'll get no quarterback and no picks because nothing – cannot stress this enough, Harry. He is not going to be forced to sign this franchise tender. He will have that option. He can't just tell the Ravens to go to hell. There you go. So, a little perspective, Adam Schefter, how he got here, what does he want, and what happens if there's no trade? They offered him $200 million last year. They offered him 250 you know, with 175 guaranteed uh, for injury. And, and he wanted a fully guaranteed contract. And so I, I don't know that money changes it with Baltimore because it has become personal between the two sides, and it certainly sounds like the relationship between the two of them has deteriorated, and there are issues. Now, Baltimore, the Ravens, I think they've taken public stances and have been fully supportive of him publicly and backed him. But when you talk to people behind the scenes, 
it feels like the relationship between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens has deteriorated for a while. And I don't know how much of that is tied to money. I don't know how much of that is tied to the fact that he didn't finish each of the past two seasons. I don't know exactly why it has, but clearly the relationship between them is not the same. All right, so what does Lamar want? I don't know what his number is, but look, you know, Russell Wilson got a new deal. Deshaun Watson got a new deal. Aaron Rodgers got a new deal. Those deals are about $50 million. So I'm just going to tell you, that's what he probably thinks he's worth in that range, $50 million. Now, is it fully guaranteed, not fully guaranteed? Well, it's close to being fully guaranteed, if not fully guaranteed. That's why I said four years, $200 million. Maybe five years, 250, maybe three years, 150, whatever, whatever the number is that you want. That's the ballpark that we're talking about. That's the ballpark we're talking about. So what happens if there's no trade? Let's just say that nobody steps forward, nobody pays his price, nobody pays the Ravens price because there's a lot to pay despite the fact that we're talking about a great quarterback. What then happens? That, that's my question. Is he willing to do a deal with Baltimore? Doesn't sound that way. Is he willing to? sign the franchise tender and play out the year? Is he willing to just skip that and not do anything and not report? that? Those, to me, are some of the more interesting questions that I think we could be staring at down the line. We're not there right now, but come training camp, uh, I think those are the conversations that we'll be having. And finally, and we'll get to Cody here on the phone lines, Marcus Spears. This is huge because Lamar Jackson now has publicly stated that he doesn't want to be a Baltimore Raven anymore. That is huge. Um, and the Colts and the Washington Commanders are two teams that should be involved. And I got to give my NFL Live crew, Mina Kimes, Dan Orlowski, some love. They brought up the Colts. I've always thought the Washington Commanders. There was other teams that I knew would be wishful thinking. The San Francisco 49ers with Lamar Jackson, I think, would be a Super Bowl favorite coming out of the NFC. You start talking about the Miami Dolphins, who just extended the fifth year for Tua. <laughs> Obviously, they invested in Tua, but I thought that was a potential place. But that's wishful. But the Commanders and the Colts have got a good situation. We know Ursay. He'll make those irrational decisions, which I don't think this is very irrational to get a quarterback that could take you into the playoffs with the right things around him. And also you think about the Washington Commanders and what they've done and what they've invested in. I know they just paid Deron Payne. I know they got Josh Allen on the books. Terry McLaurin is paid as well, but they could figure out a way to finagle a contract. There you go. So we'll see what happens. But uh, as I've been mentioning when we were talking about with Michael Thomas back in the day there as well. You'll know in today's day and age, thanks to social media, a player has the ability to do what Lamar Jackson just did. I'll let you know. You want to know? I'll let you know. 8939981003 on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. Thanks for giving us a buzz here today, sir. It is Cody. What's up, man? How are you, bud? Hey, man. Doing great. Um, I got a, I got a question to ask, and um, I'm going to... Act in regards of, like, a uh, psychiatrist. Okay. So what I would like to know is, look, I understand this is y'all job. Y'all have to dissect. Y'all have to analyze. Y'all have to break down, you know, what y'all see and what's going on. But don't y'all think y'all should start trying to do a little reverse psychology? Because I know if I'm going to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist told me, you ain't worried of crap. You ain't ever going to do anything with your life. You're no good. You might as well give up. When y'all do this to these athletes, you don't think their families listening to what y'all have to say? And they're sharing this with these people. So, like Brandon, okay, now y'all all, you know, high on Brandon again. But before, it's like, should we get rid of him? I mean, look, injuries are a part of life. If you ever had an injury where you couldn't do anything and your wife, Everybody around you is like, man, what's wrong with you? Like, how are you going to get that done? Well, you know, um, eventually you're going to heal. You're going to get better. But during the process, if you guys would say, you know, I mean, he's having a, a bad spell. But we know he's got the talent. I mean, it's obvious. We don't want him to go anywhere else because we know he's perfect for our team, for our city. But when y'all say, look, man, you know, I don't know what's going on with Brandon. I don't know what's going on with um, Michael Thomas. I mean, I'm just asking you from my perspective, if you are that person, do you really feel like you want to, 
you know, go out there and give it 100%? Because maybe when you're at 100%, as best you can be, nobody is acknowledging that you're trying. You really are trying. All they're doing is breaking you down. And some people have a really strong um, psyche. I know I did. All my life, I've been told I couldn't do this. I would never reach this plateau. I've broken every one of those barriers. You know why? Because I don't give a damn what other people say. But some people do. So what is your take on that? I think... No, no, no. I I think you actually bring up a point. Uh, Actually, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the feud. I, I guess I call it a feud. Did you see what Dan Levitard posted about? He's saying that Skip Bayless and Screaming A have kind of started and in turn talked sports or sports TV or sports journalism into, you know, kind of an area where it's kind of what you're talking about. I hear the music, top of the hour. I'll come back and talk a little bit about this here as well. Look, I've been one that actually said and defended Michael Thomas on that, you know, to that aspect of it. The Brandon Ingram thing. Look, no one wants to trade any of these guys. It's whether or not they fit well for the team or not. And I understand what you're saying on that because it's something I've brought up in that we live in an age where a quarterback can't throw an incompletion, a guy can't make or miss a shot, and then they're bums and you got to trade them and all. So I think you're, you're on something for that for sure. But i got to hit the break, top of the hour. Come back, we'll touch on that here as well. Phone lines are open. Next guest into 115 and the rest of the way. It is open for you. It's the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. At Lowe's, every pro is an MVP to us, no matter how big or small your business is. Earn back when you spend, get exclusive offers, and paint rewards. It all adds up to help level up your business. Join Lowe's MVPs, Pro Rewards, and Partnership Pro.